welcome to Dino, the podcast expansion for the Dino universe. I'm Olivia Sirio, the community manager for Dino and host of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Dell, a solo map drawing game created by Anna Blackwell and part of a series of other map drawing games. Now, these are what are called solo TTRPGs. You don't need anyone else to play. All you need is, in this case, a piece of paper and a deck of cards. This was my first foray into solo TTRPGs, and while it was incredibly fun, it is also a little bit of an anomaly in the space. A lot of other solo TTRPGs are journaling-focused, whereas this is very drawing-heavy. You can add this journal roleplay element to it, but it is a little bit more of a creation-style game. If you're interested in exploring the series of games, the other sister games are called Rise and Umbra, and while they all stand alone, you can combine them together to create an expansive world of maps and adventure. So before we get started on my review and kind of overview of the gameplay and how I found the game, I do want to mention this is not sponsored in any way. I saw this, I, I've, well, I've come across this game a couple of times. It's been recommended to me by some friends. And when thinking about what I wanted to talk about in our early episodes for Dnope, I wanted to do some exploration of solo TTRPGs, and this just felt like a great way to get started. So um, I'm going to read a little bit of the introduction and talk about some of the basic mechanics, and then I'm going to have, I've done a full actual play that will be available on our YouTube, and so you can watch me play the game and see how I fare, and then I will give some of my thoughts. So the basic structure for this episode is going to be an overview, some actual play clips, not the full thing. I think the full thing is like three hours long, <laughs> and I didn't even finish my dungeon, um, and then my thoughts on the game. So yeah, let's get started. The premise of Delve is that you are building a dwarven hold and exploring the vast world beneath the ground. So you're the overseer and your goal, like the overall goal of the game is to find the void crystal, a mysterious gemstone that the underking has tasked you with retrieving. So your whole point is to go and try and find the void crystal. But honestly, once I started getting going, like that goal kind of felt a little bit more like the the driving factor rather than the the main focus. All you need to get started is a pencil and eraser, grid paper, though you can use blank paper if you want, a notepad, a deck of playing cards, and if like tokens uh, to help keep track of stuff. I ended up using an iPad and a deck of cards because I wanted to record my process and it also felt like a neat and tidy way to keep things together. Personally, I would find this game very difficult to do without grid paper. It was a great way to keep track of things, but if you wanted to use blank paper, I would definitely recommend using a notepad. The game starts by drawing your entrance, and then you create a section for your resources and trade goods, and then you just get going. You pull out a couple of cards at the start and draw every turn. And a lot of times you're drawing multiple cards per turn. 
There is the option to use a D4 and a D2. You can just use the cards. Uh, There are mechanics for that with different suits standing for different numbers and the red and black standing for the heads and tails or the one and two of a D2. But because I have a D4 and a D2, I ended up including that in my like elements of things I use to play. To get started, you draw a card and then reference the tables included in the PDF packet and figure out what you go from there. Um, If you need to resolve combat, that's when you do that. You can trade, build new features, and then recruit. So one of the things that I found when I was first playing was I went too deep too quickly and it kind of made my game finish a lot quicker than it really felt like I had a handle on it. So the actual play that I'm going to be referencing in just a couple minutes is my second take at the game. And that's something that I will say with not only this, but a handful of TTRPGs that I found is your first pass is very much about getting to know what's going on, getting to kind of get a handle on things, learning enough of the rules that you don't have to constantly reference and slow yourself down and are able to actually have fun with it. So enjoy this little little sample of me playing Delph. So one thing I did last time was I shuffled the decks. I shuffled the deck of cards after every time I drew and that really slowed down the game, um, especially if you're not a very good shuffler. Um, If you're using like an online card draw, I think that that might be a great way to do things. But um, for now, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna shuffle as frequently. Um, I'm gonna shuffle maybe every five or six turns as opposed to every turn. Okay. So the first thing we have to do is decide where we're gonna explore. One thing I think um, I did a little bit too quickly last time was I delved too deep too quickly, just like the dwarves in Lord of the Rings and it made the game very short. So if you only want like a, a short sort of dungeon, then I would say, feel free to go, go big or go home and go deep and go fast. <laughs> um, but I'm going to spread out a little bit more in this in this run. Um, this is gonna be the library. I'm actually, I think I'm gonna do the library below the barracks. I think I'm gonna go down one level, which is, I know, a little bit, little bit dangerous. But what can I say? I like to live my life on the edge. Interesting. Burrowing beast. So digs a tunnel straight up from this space. When it reaches one of my rooms, combat starts and it moves normally towards the entrance. It can be tamed and it does not burrow. So we have to decide what the burrowing beast is. So in order to do that, I'm going to roll a d4. Rolled a three. Ooh, an undead owl. I like it. So it goes straight upward and it goes, it's moving towards the entrance. The discovery that triggered combat gives you the strength. It progresses in rounds. Each round, every unit 
and troop will move one, grid space, and then attack. All enemies move first. I choose the order in which units and troops will move, but I have to resolve both the move and attack for each before moving to the next. Enemies will, unless otherwise stated, move one grid space per round, taking the shortest possible route. If a unit or enemy's move would cause it to enter the same grid space as an opponent, it triggers an attack. Both deal their strength damage at the same time, weakening or defeating each other at the end of the round. So I choose... So basically, I'm going to have the little owl. It has 25. It will clean out these soldiers, but will be defeated because I have these four soldiers too. So I'm going to reduce, but I also have an empty kennel, which means that I can tame it. So creatures that have just been defeated can be revived in an empty kennel. They have their full strength and are under my control. So my hold strength, so I no longer have this troop of soldiers. But I do now have an undead owl, which is pretty cool, I think. So we're going to put, let's see, how do I draw an owl? Let's see, let's give it a little perch. Like, that's, that's a good perch. Draw a little body and a head. I don't know how I feel about, how I feel about the, the wings. There we go. How do I, how do I make it look undead? Just maybe big black eyes and a smaller beak. Maybe, I mean, I feel like that can be an undead owl. Maybe, maybe I'll draw just like a little, little floating skull buddy for it. Maybe I feel like I'm gonna give it. <laughs> I feel like that looks like a little bit like a parrot. Maybe if I give him some, some wings, maybe a little, little highlight in his eyes, he can have little anger marks. There we go. <laughs> That's my little undead owl uh, who has 25 strength. So I'm going to continue going this way. Um, that doesn't do anything. 10 of diamonds. Hell yes. That's going to be 11, which means that I have enough to build the hospital. So I'm going to erase that. I think I'm going to just build the hospital in that empty space. I think that feels like a smart thing to do. So let's see. I want to do that. It's pretty crooked lines there. This is going to be the hospital. Now the hospital is cool because it means that a troop of my choice defeated while on the same row as the hospital is revived at full strength after combat. So it does mean that if I get some more soldiers, I can maybe go in and defeat this basilisk, revive my troop, (laughs) and keep going left, which I'm kind of interested in. Let me do a little little search to see what magma does. It flows like liquid, but any rooms it floods are damaged and cost 20, 20 natural resources to drain. Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna make a little little magma magma flow. That's lovely. And get eight trade goods. What's up? That puts us up to 12. 12 and 12. Now, what do I do now? Let's go to the right of 
Now let's go to the left of where we found the little, our little undead owl. Sweet, that's gonna be eight, nine, 10. We've got 22 resources. We are getting places, people. I think that means that I can build another room. I think I'm gonna build another room. I think I'm gonna build, I think I'm gonna build something small. Um, I think, <laughs> I think I'm gonna be cheeky and build another library maybe? I don't know. How much does it cost to recruit like a mage? Oh, seven. That's not, that's not great. Um, why is everything so expensive? Okay, um, rooms. What kind of rooms can we, can we do? Um, let's do an overseer's office maybe? Nah, oh, I'm so indecisive. Interesting. I could build a drawbridge or I could do tracks. Let's start building tracks. Tracks instantly move units along the lengths of the tracks and they can be placed through other rooms. So why don't we subtract five? which brings us down to 17. Let's build tracks. Let's go right there. Ah, six. What is the six natural formation? Tell me it's good. It is, it is. It's a crystal cavern. A crystal cavern is one D2 grid spaces in size. Let's flip our D2, we're gonna say heads is one and tails is two. Tails is two. Crystal cavern. We let's do the crystal cavern into this empty cavern that we've already done. Let's see. Let's do like little. I'm feeling like little purple, little purple crystals. That's not how you draw crystals, Olivia. That's more how you draw crystals, right? Little little random lines. Little. Those are those are some pretty fun crystals, I think. Let's see. I think just like we'll call those some some pretty crystals. Drawing some crystal caves. Crystal caves filled with magic and loveliness. There we go. Almost done. Have to add those last little ones. Make sure that the cave is all the way across. There we go. Look at that pretty crystal cave. At the start of each turn, I get to draw a card before exploring and I gain resources equal to its value plus the cavern's depth. If the ace of diamonds is drawn, the cavern is destroyed. It cannot be built in, but it can be passed. The hospital is working again. <laughs> Alrighty, let's go under the hospital. So the first thing we do is we gain trade goods. We get 10, that's so nice. And then we explore. And when we explore, we draw a four of clubs, another natural formation. <laughs> it's an underground river. So it's the same thing in like the same space, but this time it doesn't destroy a room and it is instead a river. So let's throw that little baby on there. And um, yeah, there we, there we go. Alrighty, <laughs> let's use 
some of our resources to hire two more soldiers. Make that a bit, a bit bigger. Which means now that our hospital is up and running, we can use our soldiers to attack the basilisk. They move to attack the basilisk, they defeat the basilisk, and the troop is revived due to the hospital, and the basilisk is dead. I think we should, I think they leave its skeleton there just to scare off enemies. So we'll just make it a dead basilisk. Draw some of these trees in the background. Also, how cool would an underground forest be? Like, I wanna see an underground forest. Then I'll change the green a little bit and we'll do some more. Maybe make a dark green tree. Change it to, to like this color tree. Just throw some of these down here. Maybe there's a couple up there. And then obviously we need to have some brown. Just underground forest. Hell yeah. And we'll make a little make a little note. You get two hearts per turn. And we're gonna go down. The further we go down, the da more dangerous it gets. Okay, our first crystal cave is gonna give us 10. Our second crystal cave is gonna give us five, so that's 15. And our third crystal cave is gonna give us 13. So that's gonna be 28 in total. 28 plus 38 is gonna be 66. Okay, um, I'm gonna trade 10 to bring that up to, oh wait, I can't, so wait, oh wait, no, yes I can, because that, that means, because I've added 50. So can I, 50 plus, I'm just going to say that I built another stockpile because I forgot how math works. <laughs> um, And then I can build a room. And the room I want to build is, in fact, a inventor's lab. The inventor's lab is going to be over here under the library. What else do you have in a lab? We should have like little shelves with things on them. Erlenmeyer flask, right? Maybe some, some books, because you need a library to build this. That is going to wipe out a lot of resources and quite a few trade goods. And you know what, just for fun, I'm going to spend 10. I'm going to do a D2 and to end out this little session, we're gonna see some good magic or bad magic. And that was a the wishing well, I said that heads was one and tails was two, so we got a heads. That means we consult good magic and a jack. Valkyria. Ethereal dwarves wander the halls of your hold, attending to the sick and dying. Hospital rooms no longer need adjacency, but are still limited to one troop per combat. So that's really cool. It means that the hospital, it doesn't matter 
what what level they're on, a hospital will still mean that I can heal one troop per combat. So gonna note up here that we have Valkyria. That's fun. This is already a lot more interesting of a cave than my last one was. Um, I definitely think giving it a go the first time just to kind of figure out the rules is a great way to start. But the second time you play is going to be a lot more fun. <laughs> it's going to be, a, you're, you're going to understand the game a little better. You're going to know kind of what to do. For example, the not shuffling every turn does kind of really help keep the game flowing. And um, I'm really excited to see where this map continues to go. So at the end of the day, what did I think about Delve? Well, for one thing, the way this game really, really excels is in its variety and replayability. While there are a lot of options to keep track of, which can feel daunting when you're first starting out and might slow down the first time, first couple times you play it, there is this sense just like most systems, once you start to understand how it works, it becomes a lot more intuitive. You know where to send your troops, where to dig, what kind of decisions to make, what kind of rooms to build. And hopefully by listening to this podcast, and if you end up listening to the actual play, some of that learning will be able to be done for you. You can use me as the test case. Um, but yeah, it, it has this intense replayability that is heightened by the fact that if the game does start to ever feel a bit stale, a little bit easy, things like that, there are challenges within the booklet that you can use to make it a little bit harder for yourself or use certain goals to drive the way you're playing. So it does it does have this great replayability and variety just due to the nature of the number of variables it has. Where it does kind of fall away from traditional TTRPGs is that there is not an intuitive lean into roleplay. Uh, so as you're playing, while the decisions you're making and things like that aren't, they can have some element of roleplaying to them. That's not, it doesn't always feel like that's where it's telling you to go. If you want to make it more roleplay heavy, if you want to really flesh out your dwarf community, the publisher does provide resources for you to do that, um, but it's not intrinsic to the game. The other thing that does differ from a traditional TTRPG system is that combat is not chance-based. You know going into an encounter, for the most part, whether or not your your troops are going to win or lose. Uh if you wanted to, I think there is the ability to modify that with some encounters if you wanted to throw some dice rolls in there. But for the most part, it it's not it's not the most important part. <laughs> you know, the decisions to where to dig and what to build and things like that are more of the important parts. Uh, and by creating combat that is not chance-based, it does keep the game moving and create predictable risk. I also really like Delve as an alternative 
for solo TTRPGs. Uh, it felt like a new experience that was adjacent to and familiar, but still new. So would I play again? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, while it's not your traditional TTRPG, there is an element of this that does scratch that kind of exploration itch that a lot of systems have in them. And I liked the ability that I didn't, I could just play myself. Um, I, all I needed was a piece of paper and the rules system. And I'm excited to go back to the dungeon that I was exploring before or start a new one. I'm also really excited to try out Rise and Umbra, the sister games to Delve. Rise is very, very similar, except for you start from the bottom and you work your way up towards the surface as opposed from the surface down. And Umbra is, I believe, like space themed. So if you end up playing Delve or any of its sister games, please let us know. We'd love to know how you found playing the game and whether or not you agree or disagree with my take on it. Again, this is not sponsored. This is just a game I found that I wanted to play and tell you about. If you have any game recommendations or games you love playing and want to hear us play here on the show, please just shoot us an email. We would love to hear from you and get recommendations that aren't just me scrolling through itch.io and drive through RPG, which are great, by the way. They're wonderful, but always better to crowdsource. Thank you so much for listening to our review today and hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to Dnope, the podcast expansion for the Dino universe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we're doing, go follow our social media at at Dino Dice. That's D-N-O-D-I-C-E on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. For the latest updates and to join in on the community we're building, you can also join our Discord by going to discord.gg slash Dino Dice or following the link in our episode description. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you around soon.